1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, you can text me. Uh, you can reach out to me any way that you like. 309-340-4464. 309-340-4464. I will read any message sent to me uh, talking about the uh, topics I'm discussing. You don't have to agree with me. If you just want to send me a text message that tells me you don't you don't like me, I probably won't throw those out on the air. Or if you love me a lot, I actually don't put a bunch of those on the air. They feel self-serving. Uh, but anything that's at all connected to the things that we're discussing, uh, that would be uh, great. Um, other stuff out there, uh, things that I think are interesting, top five at five time. Uh, the first one, and I'll get to the Live Golf one. Uh, these are in no um, specific order. Uh, but I do think this is interesting. A gas stove protection bill has suffered a major setback. Um, this is being reported a, a lot of places. And the thing that might be more significant than any sort of attempt politically uh, to protect you from um, anyone that wants to force you uh, via certain uh, legislation to not get to choose to have something like a gas stove in your home is the likelihood that it will cause more friction between a lot of Republicans and Speaker of the House uh, McCarthy. So I, I, I do believe that there could be a point, and there could be a point in the very uh, near future, especially based on the uh, debt ceiling limit and all the different challenges that that faced, and the way in which there were a, a good uh, amount of Republicans that wanted to stand against it. And the only reason that that bill, the budget and debt bill passed, is because Democrats decided to uh, help uh, it get through. Uh, but again, what I think is really interesting about all this is as these continued uh, friction, disagreements, whatever you want to call them, things uh, arise, um, they will definitely cause us to get into a place uh, where McCarthy uh, could lose his speakership and where we could see another prolonged version of voting uh, for someone else to uh, gain said role. Um, the reason why that's sort of relevant is I don't think it's bad necessarily uh, that the Speaker of the House is so beholden to uh, members of his political party. I don't know if this truly will happen. I don't know if this will be the catalyst to it or if other potential uh, disagreements will be. Uh, but to, to lose on, on policy issues uh, that people in the Republican Party feel are important, uh, the vote, by the way, 206 to 220, uh, it's not just a fringe subset of, of people voting one way or the other on this. Um, but uh, the, the way in which this goes might, again, uh, encourage uh, more and more to to um, go the roads that uh, mainstream media, that legacy media, uh, whatever you want to call them, would tell you are an example that the Republican Party is fractured or broken. Uh, but actually, I think this is the way that the founding fathers sort of envisioned our political system to work. So I don't think it'll be a bad thing. Uh, I'm not saying that to be biased. I'm just saying that because I think it'll be true. And I think it's an interesting thing to watch. Uh, from a political perspective moving forward, that's, you know, its own unique animal. But um, I guess as a, a sort of one-two in the world of top five at five, uh, McCarthy and, and his uh, continued ability to remain Speaker of the House and then also uh, Republicans being angered over uh, the loss as far as um, the uh, stove deal or the stove bill are concerned uh, are, are both interesting things. It was a surprise. Uh, people did not think that uh, Republicans would lose that vote. A uh, U.S. judge has blocked Florida's ban on trans minor care in a narrow ruling. Uh, this is something that, again, is being reported a lot of places, uh, says gender identity is real. Uh, this is likely to continue to be challenged in the world of uh, our court system. Uh, so a U.S. judge has done this so far. A federal judge uh, has temporarily blocked this. 
I imagine this is the kind of thing that will eventually get to the Supreme Court as well. Uh, but it is interesting, uh, adding um, uh, to this, uh, gender identity is real. The record makes this clear, is something that was stated, adding that even a witness for the state uh, agreed to that. Uh, transgender medical treatment for minors is increasingly under attack. This is according to AP. Uh, this is their um, uh, assessment of this story and has been subject to restrictions and outright bans, but it has been available in the United States for more than a decade and is endorsed by major medical associations. Uh, here's the challenge with that. Those were not my thoughts. Uh, those were how the AP, uh, the Associated Press, decided to cover this story. Um, and it is true. I'm not going to um, um, uh, argue the point that the United States has had a lot of care available for quite some time and that there are major medical associations that endorse it. There are also a lot of doctors and and other physicians who do not uh, agree. Um, I think it's interesting that this story and this uh, judgment would come out now, um, specifically because of the What is a Woman documentary that went viral on Twitter when it was available for a few days. I think it might still be available uh, for you to watch for free and some of the, the discussions that are had within that documentary. Uh, because what I would say is that the truth is the medical community is deeply divided on what is right and what is wrong as far as children are concerned. And even more importantly, and I think this is the reason that it's become such a uh, discussion topic for so many in our society, is there is an incredible increase in the amount of children who believe themselves to be in need of, quote, gender-affirming care. Uh, this is markedly different for a variety of reasons I'm sure you and I would agree on, uh, that we are having a a substantially different conversation and a substantially different way in which I think parents are worried about um, protecting kids that are not actually transgender, uh, but because of the society we're in right now, think at a certain age that they are. I think that's the crux of the issue. I think that's the heart of the conversation, um, as best as I can say it on the show. And so those things to not even be mentioned in this AP story are bad. Um, and someone might say that what I just said a moment ago is somehow uh, transphobic or, or hateful. And I promise you I'm coming from no uh, place of hate, uh, no place of anger in discussing certain things. I've been honest on this show that as a guy who was uh, born a man, is a, is a straight um, white man, there's things I don't understand about some of the conversations we're having today. Um, but I, I do easily also uh, know, and it, I think it's um, demonstrated through a lot of different facts and, and data that's out there, uh, that we're in a unique time where a lot more uh, children are, are saying things uh, than had ever said those things before. And I think that many, many experts agree that that is a time for caution and understanding of what's going on and what's causing the the increase um, in our society and not time to say start um, blindly deciding that this is something uh, that is, you know, deserving of medical care. That seems to be the wrong approach. And I'll, ju I'll just say this, and I know I'll probably get in trouble uh, for some for saying it this way, but darn it, who cares? This is the world that we live in now, and I'm not comparing the two for anyone that wants to take a shot at me. Uh, but I think if we've learned anything over the last couple years in the world of medicine, in the world of, of medical information, is that it's, it's ever-changing, is that opinions, uh, psychological analysis of, of things in our society, uh, but even just genuinely like medical studies, um, they, they evolve over time, and we have no ability to understand some of what's going on in our society right now because we've never seen it before, and we have gotten in trouble um, for believing that we know 
know things before we in fact know them. And so I think that that's just a reasonable and rational approach and is not a hateful approach to any of these conversations we're having today. Now, other things out there for Top 5 at 5. Yes, Chris Christie is jumping into the 2024 uh, GOP race. Uh, the former New Jersey governor has tried to be the nominee to be the president before. It has not gone well. I'm not sure why he thinks it's going to go well uh, this time. Uh, but he's now one of those also-rans, in my opinion, uh, and I'm from Jersey, so I'm not trying to uh, crap on the governor of Jersey for that reason, although, honestly, uh, the current governor is not that great. Um, but I, I do think that it just simply makes no sense uh, for Christie or for a lot of people uh, to be in the Republican side of the aisle uh, running for office. There are exceptions to this rule. Uh, I've talked about a few of them, um, people like Tim Scott, people like Nikki Haley. Uh, people are interested. Even uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is someone that I think people want to hear from. Uh, but one of the things that will make it very unlikely for anyone, uh, absolutely anyone not named um, um, Trump, not named former President Donald Trump, to actually succeed and get the nomination is if we have as many as we do right now as far as candidates for that that um, nomination. Um, so many people running, having such a crowded field, I think benefits the former president and only the former president. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm a never-Trumper. I'm just saying that I'm disappointed in that uh, because I'd like to hear more substantive debate from a, a few of the people that are running for this office than the whole ridiculous amount of people that are now starting to jump into this race. It's not surprising. It's just uh, something that I, I don't think Chris Christie is going to wind up being a terribly valuable candidate for the uh, Republican nomination uh, in 2024. Now, one other thing that I thought was interesting, uh, Trump's lawyers, speaking of uh, the former president, uh, lash out at um, uh, Trump, excuse me, has lashed out as his lawyers after a meeting with the uh, Department of Justice. Uh, this is something he put up on uh, Truth Social, his social media platform. Um, he is, at least according to Truth Social, upset in some of the ways that his own counsel uh, may be handling uh, Jack Smith. Uh, that's the DOJ special counsel investigation into Trump's handling of classified materials. I will say the thing I find most interesting uh, about that story and any of the updates on it is that at the same time or relatively close to uh, where we're at now in the whole uh, Trump uh, discussion and Trump um, legal case, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, you also had the DOJ say they were going to do absolutely nothing uh, to Mike Pence, the former vice president. Uh, someone who also had classified documents. Uh, they're also not going to do anything to uh, President Biden, who had a lot of classified documents for a very long time. And so I think no matter what you believe to be true of and what inevitably comes out in a, a courtroom um, at some point, as far as uh, what Trump did and if it was something that's wrong or right, uh, the thing that I find really, really interesting about this conversation is it absolutely plays into the narrative and Trump's um, often uh, um, uh, positioned message that he is unfairly treated compared to anyone else. And it'd be pretty hard to actually argue that, in all honesty, that at, right, at, at this moment right now, when you have three um, high-profile politicians that all have classified documents that they kept and weren't supposed to keep, and only one of the three of them is going to wind up in potential legal uh, problems or legal jeopardy or or be legally challenged at all on the issue, it makes it pretty easy for a lot of people, not even just Trump supporters, I imagine, but just independent people 
uh, to look at that, to see that and think, wait a minute, why is only one of the three people I heard about in the news uh, potentially going to be in trouble? That doesn't make sense. Uh, that seems to be a a absolutely uh, widely held position, uh, even if uh, in a courtroom somewhere they decide that they think uh, Trump did do something wrong. And I don't know, that's that's down the road. If he did, why didn't Pence, uh, why didn't uh, Biden do something wrong? That's a question I don't have an answer. A quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Good story, bad story coming up next. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Good story, bad story coming up in a second. But first, uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue is the address for um, the VFW in Peoria Heights. 309-682-9875 is the phone number, 309-682-9875. Today is Taco Tuesday, so go out there and try out the tacos. Uh, Betty says that they're the best in town, um, and she's from Mexico. She seems to know some things about the world of tacos. Uh, Also, uh, tomorrow, the VFW will be having a very important event. Uh, Veterans Helping Veterans will have their quarter auction. All proceeds will go to St. Jude. Uh, Doors will open at 5.30 for dinner. Uh, Dinner's buffet style, and it's 16 bucks for all you can eat. And as I just said, the food's great at the VFW. they got chicken wings, prime rib, uh, rib, homemade mac and cheese, uh, hand-mashed potatoes, uh, more until it's all gone. There's going to be a bunch of stuff. But 16 bucks, all you can eat, and you're giving to a good cause in helping uh, veterans, helping vets, uh, help St. Jude. And then also there is a quarter auction, as I said, again, that is tomorrow night. Uh, doors open at 530. Well, doors are open at the VFW before that, but uh, the event starts at 530. Uh, good story, bad story time. First, uh, the good stories. Uh, a guy named Xavier posted two photos of a firefighter in Long, Be- Long Beach, California. Uh, the firefighter's name is Jeff, uh, who saved his life 23 years ago. He was two years old, uh, needed CPR, and was in a coma for a month. And the uh, person who is now 23 years old uh, just is aware of who actually did this and said, thank you so much for keeping me alive. Uh, the first photo shows Jeff carrying him out of the burning building. Uh, the second is a recent photo of Jeff meeting Xavier's son, who's around the same age now. Uh, when I first read this story, I thought the best part was going to be uh, that because of uh, the the person who was saved, um, Xavier is his name, uh, promoting promoting this, putting this all out on social media, that he would have met the firefighter. But how silly was I to think that the firefighter would have ever lost contact with a two-year-old he saved. They've been friends for a long time. And the fact that they're uh, close, uh, the fact that the first responder cares uh, about the the lives of the individuals uh, after pulling him out of a fire at two years old is just awesome. Uh, Not at all surprising, just really, really cool. Uh, I love that story a lot. Uh, Good story means we also do a bad story. Uh, One tells you that our society is going in the right direction. The other one does, well, uh, the opposite. I thought this was interesting. A guy robbed a store with a box uh, on his hand but removed it long enough to be ID'd. A man in Miami robbed a cell phone repair store, and he was trying to uh, hide himself. Box in his head. Excuse me, I misspoke a second ago. Uh, So he was trying to disguise who he was. He didn't go mask. He didn't go any of the easier ways. He went full, like, um, you know, lazy robot costume for Halloween. And then at some point, he was like, man, it's getting hot in this box that I put on my head. So you take it off. Uh, 33 years old. The guy's name is Claude. He was arrested because the camera did catch you. If you wear a box for a majority of the time you commit a crime, you have not successfully evaded the cameras because they're on 100% of the time. I love that. The guy stole 19 iPhones. in cash, a total of $15,000. 
Uh, it is unclear how much was recovered, but the guy was uh, caught. Uh, he also actually apparently um, has other charges against him, including grand theft, burglary, criminal mischief, cocaine possession, resisting an officer. So the guy's terrible. He's an awful person. And I just I just love the idea. I don't know why. Like uh, criminals failing and failing spectacularly like that makes me extra happy. But I love the fact that it's like anybody who's ever been asked to say, um, wear our Wolfie costume uh, for one of our sister stations or any sort of mascot costume. It gets hot. You need a breather. I guess you got to plan that part out if you're committing a crime with a box on your head. Uh, quick break. After the break, I will talk about Tucker Carlson. Uh, his first episode of his show that's available on Twitter uh, came out earlier today. I came out actually during the top five at five, so that's why I only did four. I saved this one for what's coming up uh, next. And I'll actually even play some of his uh, topic that he dove deep into uh, because it's probably on its own, a valuable topic today uh, to discuss, and uh, Tucker does it a unique way. So I have a little bit of that and a a good discussion about how impressed I am that Tucker Carlson is already up and on social media when I imagine this essentially will – trigger any sort of additional legal fight between him and Fox News that already that isn't happening yet uh, if it's not happening yet but quick break I will's got you covered 1470s and AM 100.3s and FM all over the internet wmbdradio.com and the WMBD radio app uh, Will Stevenson will say this if you say to your smart speaker it's a messed up way to do it hey smart speaker play WMBD radio you got Will doing the news on that made me sound uh, awfully committed there just for a second. <laughs> All right. You're telling me, by the way, that Tucker Carlson is not going to talk about being in the Wolfie costume, <laughs> the way you put that, by the way? That is, is that not what I gathered that from that? That is not what he's going to discuss. No, he's wow, going to discuss uh, Russia and Ukraine. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Um, I'm sure you know at least some of the information that's gone on over the last or the situation that's gone over on over the last couple of months about uh, Tucker Carlson and losing the show on Fox and then putting up some information on Twitter uh, saying that he was launching a television show or a version of the Tucker Carlson show on Twitter. Here's what amazes me uh, about this story. And this is you can love Tucker. You can hate Tucker. I don't really care uh, for a moment here. What amazes me is that he very likely has a contract with Fox that prevents him from doing a lot of things. I don't know if it's specific about social media. I don't know if his lawyers realize that he would be able to prevent any kind of lawsuit, any kind of cease and desist from a Fox News. Uh, because if, if you don't know, uh, the reports are that the plan was to keep Tucker off all forms of television, media, whatever, until his contract ran out, which was likely going to take at least another year, uh, probably early 2025. It's something that Fox has done before. Uh, Fox News and a lot of other places have done before. Uh, you remember that NBC did it to Conan O'Brien uh, when they go, go through the situation where uh, Fox is firing, moving on from someone, but recognizes the power of that individual if they were able to pick up and just keep going on some other platform. Uh, so I'm I'm really impressed uh, or really surprised. I don't know what the right word is for uh, that. Tucker is either challenging Fox to actually go after him in a lawsuit or uh, savvy enough to have no prevention from doing it the way that he's doing it. Uh, but he put up his first show about 20 minutes ago. 
and I'll play a little bit of the open to Tucker's show on Twitter, uh, episode one. It looks like it might already have 1.8 million interactions. I'm not sure if I can see the exact amount of views so far uh, because it's a relatively new video, uh, but he's talking about something fairly important too, and he's certainly uh, giving his opinion as what he thinks occurred. Um, but there was a dam that was blown up in um, uh, Ukraine in an area that was controlled by Russia. And so both sides, Ukraine and Russia, have said that the other um, country, the other military force blew up this dam, which does put a lot of Ukrainian lives at risk. People are fleeing that area. And so it's it's certainly a relevant story, a valuable story. And Tucker has a unique position on it. Here we go. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. This morning, it looks like somebody blew up the Kokovka Dam in southern Ukraine. The rushing wall of water wiped out entire villages, destroyed a critical hydropower plant, and as of tonight, puts the largest nuclear reactor in Europe in danger of melting down. So if this was intentional, it was not a military tactic. It was an act of terrorism. The question is, who did it? Well, let's see. The Kokovka Dam was effectively Russian. It was built by the Russian government. It currently sits in Russian-controlled territory. The dam's reservoir supplies water to Crimea, which has been, for the last 240 years, home of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. Blowing up the dam may be bad for Ukraine, but it hurts Russia more. And for precisely that reason, the Ukrainian government has considered destroying it. In December, the Washington Post quoted a Ukrainian general saying his men had fired American-made rockets at the dam's floodgate as a test strike. So really, once the facts start coming in, it becomes much less of a mystery what might have happened to the dam. Any fair person would conclude that the Ukrainians probably blew it up. I think it was interesting there that he still said the word probably, that Tucker Carlson didn't go as far as to say the Ukrainians definitely blew up the dam, because as of right now, uh, we don't know. But that is a fascinating first story for Tucker Carlson to cover and to cover it the way that he is doing it on uh, social media, on Twitter. Uh, Again, there's a uh, component to everything that's gone on over the last few months with that media personality that has been interesting to me as far as broadcasting stories are concerned, exactly similar to the Conan O'Brien, Jay Leno fight or any of the other ones, and then also what he would do next. In one of his teaser videos, Tucker said that he's not going to be beholden to anybody anymore. He doesn't care about political right, political left, about any of those things. He just cares about the truth and having honest conversations. And as far as his argument goes, there is nothing he said that I have any reason to think is untrue or false or exaggerated or any of the things that people said about Tucker when he was on television last at Fox. In fact, I think the argument is actually very well done. And there's uh, 10 minutes, nine minutes more of that video. You're going to have to check it out for yourself. I can't play all of it on the show. Um, But NBC News has said that Ukraine has blamed Russia. Russia has blamed Ukraine and NBC could not verify the claims on either side. As far as this dam um, uh, being something that was blown up now, at a time when a lot of reports are saying that Ukraine is about to go on a counteroffensive against Russia is also interesting. Uh, the timing and the benefit from a military standpoint uh, both seem to be on the side of Ukraine, uh, being the ones more likely to do this than, than Russia. 
Uh, although I'm sure people will say uh, that Russia does things and then claims other people do them for a variety of reasons. I just, again, I think it's sort of fascinating and interesting uh, that this is the type of topic that Tucker comes out with first. You've got presidential debates. You've got everything else going on. Well, not debates quite yet, but soon uh, you have all the different conversations in the typical places in the world of politics. Uh, Tucker was often accused of being a a person who was willing to uh, use the Russian narrative and put it into the United States. And so I'm sure that people will accuse him of doing that as far as this topic is concerned. And I will say he said probably I will say it, too. I don't know uh, the answer as to who did what. And I don't know when we'll learn, if ever, uh, some of that. Uh, but it certainly is a, a uniquely interesting uh, talking point, And it will be very important to the United States and our our assistance to Ukraine to understand this and other things uh, that happen, because I've long said on this show, and I'll just uh, move on from the topic after saying this, that the biggest point of division, uh, maybe not for the American people, as far as our consideration of Russia versus Ukraine and the ongoing conflict that Russia started when they invaded Ukraine, I'm not sure. I think there is some sentiment change as far as polls are concerned and the amount of money and support that have gone to Ukraine, more and more Americans uh, do seem to be worried about that. I'm sure there's a lot that are still very much in support of it. Uh, but more importantly, the the United States and our, our government and our military and how we consider what is appropriate to do next, starting to fund a conflict or support a conflict that has Ukraine going into and killing um, military, uh, maybe even putting the lives of civilians at risk in Russia is something, and I'm just stating this simplistically, the United States would not have done uh, at the beginning of this. If if Ukraine had wanted to invade Russia, we would not have supported them. We would not have cut them blank checks. We would not have given them the capability to do so. If they continue to do the thing that it sounds like they may have started doing, uh, the United States' support of them will become a more debatable topic on a world stage. Uh, maybe not, maybe yes, here in the United States, uh, but the rest of the world, and I'm sure China specifically, not saying that you sh- you're supposed to uh, cower to China or cower to Russia or cower to anyone. The United States shouldn't do that, and it does way more than it should, uh, but it'll be a, a topic of conversation uh, that'll have uh, more and more drastic, I think, impact on the way in which the United States looks to the rest of the the world. And of course, uh, the, the UK too, uh, Europe and all the countries that have supported Ukraine so far, um, because from Ukraine's standpoint, it doesn't even make a, 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 like there's no doubt in my mind that they would want to go the road they're going now. They were invaded. They're fighting back. Uh, they want to definitively defeat, uh, the people that the country, Russia, uh, that came in and attacked them. And they want to win back Crimea and other parts of their country that have been contested. Uh, but again, that's not something the United States would have uh, paid to support Ukraine in doing um, before this conflict started. So it, it will be a, a talking point, I think, moving forward. And so sort of a brilliant first topic for Tucker. Uh, one other quick thing, and then I'll take a break. Talked about that longer than I meant to. Um, I thought this was interesting. You can't just copy every word chat GPT splits out. I talked about one story yesterday uh, where a kid wrote within his paper as an AI model, a uh, language model. I don't have uh, personal expectations or opinions. Uh, there's another story about someone who wrote at the end of their paper that chat GPT uh, has another disclaimer uh, about the use of its software. So more and more kids are getting caught for just verbatim copying things. Although I think the newer story, uh, the kid actually printed it out. 
the first story that went viral yesterday, um, the kid had handwritten his assignment, so that's not a good look. Uh, but more and more kids are not proofreading uh, the things that ChatGPT is putting in there. So maybe that's the way to defeat the cheating uh, that's been a, a ask about the world of artificial intelligence is just have a disclaimer every so often within the text of whatever you're creating as ChatGPT. Would it be annoying for us to read as people? Sure. But it would make it impossible to submit that without proofreading it. Uh, which is probably what a lot of kids may have been doing as far as right now. It's sort of like a video when they don't want you to steal the thing or an image, so they put a watermark over it. This feels like the verbal version of a watermark uh, that ChatGPT might need to use more of. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Just a few more minutes left with me. Uh, you can text me all day long uh, during the show and after, although, uh, remember, I'm married and I don't want it to look that bad to the missus. 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464. You don't have to agree with me uh, to partake in the show. You just uh, have to have an opinion on something I'm talking about. Uh, it's very kind, the amount of people who tell me they, they love me and they like the show. That's awesome. And the people who say they don't like me, uh, it's fine. I can handle that, too. I'm probably not going to just throw that out on the air, though. Not a lot of benefit there. Uh, but if you want to tell me why, like if something specific that I'm talking about is something you disagree with, hey, we'll have a chat about that. Uh, but 309-340-4464, the number to reach me to get a hold of me. A few pieces of audio to end the show, uh, something I've started uh, doing, I guess, uh, as of yesterday. Uh, the first one, I think this is interesting. I didn't know this was a, a, a sport. I didn't know it was a thing. Uh, but toe wrestling and the World Toe Wrestling Championship has been going on since 1994. It takes place in England. Uh, there's a guy who's a 17-time champion. That is a lot of wins. That's Michael Jordan-esque right there for the amount of domination. His name is Alan Nasty Nash. I don't know if he wins because he's got a nasty toe. Uh, but here's a little bit of him talking about how he got into the sport i guess we're calling this a sport i've tried other sports in the past I've tried white water rafting and fell out. i went skydiving nearly broke my neck so I tried bungee jumping no didn't fancy that one uh tried hang gliding hit the side of a cow nearly broke my neck again so i thought two wrestling came along and i thought <laughs> well, that's the one for me so as well for me. It that year and that's the year i won first one and the rest was just history. By the way, I don't know if he put that video up himself. Uh, the way that uh, we get audio for some of these shows is it's sent to us through a, um, a service that we have uh, that suggests some topics to us every single day. But I love the fact that the guitar is going off in the background and he's talking about how, you know, he didn't choose the World Toe Wrestling Championships. They chose him. Uh, that was the sport for him. Not good at, at other things. Uh, another story out there that I thought was interesting. It's actually a, a topic I first talked about yesterday. Uh, but there's some viral audio video uh, about this now. A bar in Australia had to cancel an event and then apologize because of the concept they were using free drinks, uh, ladies night essentially at the bar. But they, they had a, a unique rider in the way in which you got the free drinks. It depended what your bra size was. If it was a certain size, only a few free drinks. If it was a bigger size, more free drinks. Uh, the bar got in a lot of trouble on social media. Uh, apologize for everything, and here's a woman talking about how it made her very mad. I'll be like, what are the managers thinking? I would try and go somewhere else, for sure. No, yeah. I wouldn't go there. I'm not quite sure with it sending that type of message out. Not, I don't think I'm comfortable with it now. Yeah, I understand that. Um, the, the things they're saying there, and the kind of mild way uh, they're saying them there, that 
Uh, they're not comfortable with that message. I also assume, and I said this yesterday, that it was probably a group of dudes who came up with this plan, who came up with this idea, uh, who pitched it to each other, and everybody in the room was like, yeah, it seems fine, and then put it up and uh, started to run with it before uh, getting the complaints and getting in trouble. I'm not surprised. I'm not 100% certain, uh, but that might be uh, an idea that guys who work at or run a bar would think of. Um, again, the actual execution of the job or the execution of this this um, uh, thing uh, probably didn't go the way they wanted, to say the very least. Uh, one other thing as far as audio uh, that's out there, and I like this audio a lot, it's actually just sort of a, a nice story. I kind of thought of putting it in good story, bad story, but darn it, we'll do it here. So um, a recent wedding went viral during the reception at the moment when the bride and groom would be having their first dance. Uh, the bride, I guess, has a lot of friends. And this makes sense, by the way. Um, I remember when all my friends were getting married and you were had like four weddings every year or more weddings every year. Sometimes you were in the bridal uh, party or in the uh, groomsmen for me a few times, never in the bridal party. Uh, but I, this happens a lot. And so I, I thought it was interesting what this how this dawned on me because I didn't have a lot of friends get married during COVID. I had a couple and you did the weird like Zoom thing where you sat there and you sent some sort of digital gift. And you didn't know how dressed up you should be to sit at a wedding that you weren't attending. And you're definitely not wearing suit pants. Uh, if you're wearing the suit top, that's enough. It'll be fine. No one will know. I'll rock some shorts. Uh, but she said that anyone who was at her wedding, and there were a lot of people uh, that didn't get a chance to have a first dance, could uh, dance with them. Here's part of that audio. The last thing I wanted to do tonight, which is really important to me because we almost didn't have a wedding. So there are many couples in this room who got married during the pandemic and did not get the opportunity to have a first dance. So I would like all of our pandemic wedding couples to please rise. Please, would you take the floor? If you have gotten married over the pandemic and not had to do this, now is your chance. Not yes, please <laughs> all take a moment for our newlyweds. Oh, look at that. You know, that's interesting. I remember um, a couple of years ago when everything was shut down and people thought it was crazy. A lot of people thought it was crazy that one of the unique groups of individuals that was getting impacted a lot by it was graduates. People who were graduating college or high school, not walking, not enjoying the experience of going through education and getting on the other side of education. And that seemed, that seemed sad. And of course, there's more important health-related things uh, that are topics for uh, any time you want to talk about some of the, the worst parts of that. But also, I didn't really think about this one, the, the bride inviting people that didn't get that in-person first dance or that in-person experience for their wedding, because there's a lot of people that didn't. And then there's other people who just full-on canceled weddings until they could do them in person. Uh, so there was some catching up, I imagine, for a lot of people out there. But I remember it's like a few years in your late 20s, early 30s, when a lot of people feel like they're getting married. And you almost, not that I did this often, you almost get invited to some and you look at uh, the person in your life. I look at my wife and I go, do we need to go to this one? Is this one uh, the one we need to pay the extra ticket and go? The other? I don't think we rejected any. I think we went to uh, family and friends uh, whenever we were invited. But there, there were some that felt like we could just send a gift. We could just do that uh, real quick before. And actually, one I remember now that I'm talking about it. And I shouldn't say this, but darn it, I'm going to that you kind of knew it wasn't going to be a long term thing. You, you kind of you felt that you, you knew it. And so were you at my wedding, Craig? <laughs> 
that factored into the debating on whether or not you should go or needed to go. And I'm not trying to say that I was right, but I was not at yours. Uh, a buddy of mine did not, that didn't last. And Speaking as a formerly married person, invitations uh-huh. to a wedding uh, ceremony are now easier to refuse for me. Are they? Oh, you just, yeah. You should, did you send I a don't gift? Like going. A gift? Do you send something I've along? I've sent gifts, yeah. Okay, nice. That's Will nice, I yeah. go? Do I want to see people happy in love? Absolutely not. <laughs> and on that note, Will's got the news.